0: Welcome to the Verite Podcast. My name is Sheena Souza and I am honored to share my truth with you. The truth as I know it, what I have discovered and am discovering along this journey of life. Some will be universal truths and some will be entirely subjective, but my hope is that as you listen to this, you will discover your own truths as we are all living and loving and learning together. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. This is our first interview podcast with a guest. One of the dearest people in the entire world to me is joining us today from Tucson, Arizona. And uh, this woman, I would not be, I wouldn't be alive, actually. I wouldn't be standing here today without her. She has, she saved my life on numerous occasions, and if someone, if someone offered me a billion dollars to never speak to her again, I wouldn't even for a second consider it. Not even for a second. Maybe there's, there'd be some other people I might consider that, but, but not her. <laughs> <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because what she has brought to my life the value, the strength, the wisdom, the discernment, the godliness, the truth, the growth. I wouldn't trade it for any amount of money. There, like the Our relationship, our friendship is absolutely invaluable to me. And so when I was considering having a guest on here, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's going to be her because... She is full of wisdom, full of grace, and one of the most important people in my life. So, Miss Dre Marion, Andrea Marion, would you would you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell
1: us about tell us about yourself. Uh, friend, why do you gotta do that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> First of all, you should take the billion. Okay. <laughs> Just take it and run. <laughs> we'll it. Um, thank you. So, so much for that. That was incredibly sweet. You got me all choked up. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I I love you to death. We just, we both have grown so much over the years of our friendship. Mm-hmm. And I, I treasure it immensely, immensely. Um, okay. So uh, my name, yes, Dre. My name's Andrea, but everybody calls me Dre. Uh, Dre Marion. Um, I live in Tucson, Arizona um, with my wife and our two daughters, uh, teenagers. 18 and 15, and they are they are my heart, mm-hmm. um, and all our little fur babies, and um, yeah, just enjoying life here in Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, like, I don't know what part I should. No, nope, that's good. Note,
0: so that that's one of the things we're going to hit on, because, okay. for you know, take a deep breath for the Christians listening. Yes, they're they're this woman <laughs> is this amazing, godly wise, discerning, gay Christian. Let's just let that sink in for just, just try to wrap your head around that. Okay. Um, Because there's a lot of people that would find that very diabolical and opposing. And I remember actually let's back up. Why don't you share how we met and
1: then I'll take it from there. Okay. So we met, well, I actually, I read your blog Um, I was linked in another site, which led me to your blog, and I started, you know, reading about you and, um, you know, how you've traveled the world and your life of service and all that. And and I just thought you were just this fantastic human being. Um, But I didn't know, and and I wanted to get to know you more, but I wasn't sure about uh, reaching out at first um I because from reading your blog and and your life and that um you know you're a Christian follow God, I was immediately a little bit like, oh I don't know if it will be okay mm-hmm. to share who I am completely. I don't know how she feels and so I continued reading um, for quite a long time actually and um got to some of your blogs where you talked about um, it kind of to summarize how you're not the, um, super, um, conservative Christian who, um, kind of only sees things in black and white and doesn't allow for, um, you know, people of other lifestyles and other, you know, um, growing up different and things like that, but you were open to that. And I can't even remember exactly what it was. Do you remember exactly what phrase it was? I just remember reading that, and thinking she's safe, she's okay. Mm. I can tell her who I am. We could be friends, you know. And getting excited about that.
0: No, I don't um, remember what yes. it was. This was this. I mean, blog. This was back in the day when I was blogging. I'm not blogging anymore. Bl- the the blogging has turned into Instagram. But um, it was. I know there was two posts I had made or two blogs. I think I merged homosexuality and abortion in. One, I think it was one blog. Yes.
1: yes.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you know, my thoughts on that are definitely in the minority in the church, in the Christian church. And so I had shared my, my, my thoughts on that. So, okay, so continue. So that's what kind of led you to feel a bit, you know, able to approach.
1: Exactly. Um, Because being a gay woman and and the the Christian community, um, and not just in the Christian community, it's in the workplace, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it blends into every part of your life. You always kind of have to Think before you introduce yourself to someone, because, you know, when you think about a typical person, you know, talking about your day, you usually talk about, you know, your spouse and your family and your kids or, you know, what movie you and your spouse went to go see last weekend, you know, just normal conversation. But when you're gay and you're unsure about how that other person is going to receive you, you kind of have to hold that back a little bit, you um, at least in, in my experience, I've had to hold back a little bit because I wasn't sure what kind of a reaction I was going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I read your blog, um, it made me feel safe, made me feel comfortable, made me—I, you know—I was excited because I was like, okay, I can, we can be friends. I can get to to know this person, and I don't have to hide bits of myself because mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to have a great friendship if you have to hide bits of yourself. You know, and it's it's so much energy. Yeah. You have to think about, well, you know. I don't want to say this, or I don't want to say that. Um, I I even um, have to do that in my work sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not, uh, it's not because I'm hiding who I am. It's not my choice to filter myself like that in the workplace. Um, You know, but I've been asked, you know, maybe don't share that about yourself with the client. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have to abide by that. Um, And the clients that I have shared it with, you know, are few and far between. Um, And some of it is met with no issue at all. And others are just kind of like, they just kind of, uh, you know, fall away from the friendship. You just don't hear from them as much. And that's just kind of your, your clue that they weren't comfortable. So that made me feel safe with you that I I could reach out.
0: Yeah. So, so you reached out and we, we jumped on Voxer pretty quickly. And it just became one of those friendships where you like, we just we just hit it off we just clicked and i had never ever had a female friendship that way that was that mutually um beneficial because i ho- i hope at least <laughs> as much as you bless my life i hope that i've blessed your life some that it's this mutual um addition to each other's lives, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. But you know, I even remember someone in my life, one of my family members, in the very beginning, before this person even met you, was warning me and was like, "Sheena, I mean, gotta gotta be careful." Like, you know, let's let's pray for her. We definitely pray for her, but just you know, mm-hmm. began, like warning me, like thinking that I don't know you would turn me gay or something. And I was like, oh, "It's not, <laughs> it's not quite how it works," but okay. <laughs> Um, And then when, when this person got a chance to meet you, I mean, same thing, same exact thing of just this, oh my gosh, this is like one of the best people in the whole world. And I mean that Dre, I totally mean that. And I feel bad for all the other people who don't know you. And this oh, is by but, but the way, this isn't like some invitation to everybody now go hang out with Dre and go talk and, and like try to start up a friendship <laughs> with her. I don't want to share you, but I'm just saying I feel really bad for all the people who don't have you or someone as kind and loving and discerning as you mm-hmm. in their lives because I mean, friend, you have. You know, you have saved my life. You have picked me up off the floor when huh. I have been a mess, and you have seen me through so much in Haiti, in my marriage, in our family life. I mean, just one thing after another. We've been through quite a lot together.
1: So we've been through a crazy, yeah. And and you've done the same for me. There's there's we there's really nothing we don't share. I yeah. can't think Mm-mm. of anything. Nope that we haven't shared from like the really, really tough stuff to Mm -hmm. like the silly goofy stuff Mm -hmm. and like everything in between. And I think that's just why we've just gotten to be so close over the years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about, I mean, we don't want to spend too much time on it, but just give them a little bit of your background, how you were brought up, um, your family Mm -hmm. life, church, no church. How was that? Mm
1: -hmm. So I grew up in a very small town in Missouri. Um, much different than, than Arizona life. It's, um, very cold there in the winters. Um, but I grew up there with, uh, my parents and all my siblings and we were the Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Mm. church camp. Like it was, we were in service all the time, all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. just from the time I was born up, you know, all through, all through the years. So it was a pretty, um, pretty strict upbringing. Um, and I think that's why, well, I know that's why it took me such a long time to find myself and figure out, um, you know, who I was and realize that I was gay. Um, that's, that's kind of a whole story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I was kind of kept in a bubble, not just, um, you know, from being raised in a, in a strict Christian home, but just being in a very small town where I didn't have any exposure to, um, you know, any, any gay people, any gay couples, anything like that. So I was kind of um, really, uh, you know, kind of kept in a bubble and stifled from experiencing all of that that I think would have helped me kind of have that epiphany much sooner mm-hmm. in life.
0: So when did you realize you were gay?
1: Uh, well, I was married to my ex-husband to a man um and yes, I was married to a man um for a a long time. I was married to a man for fourteen years wow. yeah if uh <laughs> if that didn't floor everybody the fourteen years should if the, <laughs> if the gay part didn't floor everybody fourteen <laughs> years should shock um but I knew for a lot of the marriage um wow. and I just couldn't bring myself to be okay with it wow. um I took a a lot of praying, um, a lot of time, I would say probably year six of the marriage. Um, I, I knew I was gay. Um, I just couldn't come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't allow myself to be all right. Cause I'd been raised that it was just so wrong. Yeah. Um, and that I just couldn't allow myself to go there. Um, but you know, being married for so long and staying in it for so long did much more damage than if I had just felt safe to kind of say, this is who I am and, and, you know, changed the course that I was on and changed the direction and, and divorced and kind of left him to go find, you know, love mm-hmm. instead of, you know, spending another, you know, eight years, um, just trying to fake it and pretend. And it, it it's really very emotional and very difficult for a lot of gay people who are married to kind of make that change and make that turn, especially when they've been raised as a Christian.
0: Yeah. And I remember you saying a couple of times that when you were, I think it was middle school or high school, you thought that, well, Mm -hmm. everybody has crushes crushes on their girlfriends, right?
1: I did. I did. That's why I didn't realize um, you know that there was something different with me. I thought everyone had crushes on their best friends. I was like, "That's what everybody does, right? That's just that's just normal." And then, you know, little did I know that's that's not normal. Um, and but it was just one of those things where uh, I, I didn't know there was something different about me. I just knew that I didn't really connect with men. I didn't really have that, you know, intense. Uh, you know, passion and connection that all my friends talked about with their husbands. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? You guys? No, I I, I don't feel that. It's not there. Um, you know, and I, I would try to think, well, maybe I'm just not in the right relationship. You know, maybe it mm-hmm. needs to be, you know, maybe there's a different man. Um, and, you know, that kind of led me down a road trying to figure out if it was just a different man that I should be with. And all of that was really just in a desperate try for me not to Give in to you know all the gay feelings that I had. Yeah. I just I wasn't okay with it. Um, so and I, it led me to make a lot of not really great choices.
0: Yeah, and I know you spent years in therapy over this, and years yes. of, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but begging God to change you, mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Many, many, many years. Um, and, you know, and and all of it's kind of a blur because it's just so many years of. You know, please don't let me be this way. And therapy, and I, countless, countless nights on my knees, sobbing, begging God. You know, asking, just let me, let me be good, because I thought I was bad, and that really, even now, it puts a lump in my throat. Yeah. You know, praying, let me be good. And the truth is, I was good. I was good the whole time, but I had been told I wasn't, and and that that just wreaks so much havoc on, on lives of, of, of all you, whether they're, you know, you're gay or Christian or both or what have you, it's just being raised to feel that you're bad and that there's something wrong with you has lifelong consequences mm-hmm. that, that I still struggle with. Even, even with years of therapy, yeah. even with knowing that my maker loves me um, there are still times where, being told that for so many years will creep up on us, yeah. even as adults, yeah. and uh, it takes its toll. But yeah, yeah it's
0: with a lot of years of praying. Tell us about the night that you. I get I get choked up about this too. The night that you finally decided that you were um, going to live in your truth and move on from your mm-hmm. marriage, and I think you rented an apartment or something. You had no furniture, and you slept you slept on the floor and you said it was the happiest you had ever been in and you had nothing. I mean, you were, we're talking about starting over. You've got two beautiful daughters. Um, and you know, the, the, the weight of a decision like that. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that.
1: It was the most terrifying and most exhilarating thing I had ever done in my life. Just, making the decision that I'm going to do this, that I'm I'm going to step out. I'm going to say, this is me. And not only say this is me, but really love me and, and, and build a life. I wanted to have a life where I felt good about myself and I, I rented an apartment or actually it was a little house that I rented and I had nothing. I had walked away from, a husband that was making, you know, six-figure income, beautiful home, really anything I ever needed or wanted uh, was right there at my disposal. And I ended up in this little house, no furniture. I Well, I had a, a, a couch, but I hadn't got it moved in yet. All I had was the cushions, that's all I could fit in my car. And so I slept on the tile floor of my living room, on top of couch cushions Mm. and I remember plugging my phone cord into the wall and that's all I had was couch cushions and my phone charger. I remember laying on that floor and I just was beaming like I was so happy. It was like the feeling of being free, the feeling of just owning my life and myself and being okay with who I was and just stepping out and um, I'll never forget that night. That was in to the end of my days, that will go down as one of the most emotional and, and beautiful nights of my life, just laying on a floor with nothing but couch cushions and a phone charger and yeah. being so, so happy. Yeah.
0: That's and amazing. and standing in your truth. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's a, a story I've come back to a lot over the last how long have we been besties? Five years? Five, six years? years? Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Not long in the grand scheme of life. I'm 33. um, And and the last five years, you know, we've been, we've talked on the phone. I would say, not on the phone, sorry, Voxer, every single day for the last five or six years. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys, Mm -hmm. every single day. And (laughs) that is a, that's a vision I have referred back to in my mind and my own struggles of living my truth. Who am I? What do I believe? Am I willing to risk it all for what people may think about me? And not Mm -hmm. just people's opinions, but, you know, furniture and a livelihood and a family. Um, Not that you lost your family, but I'm sure there was some um, turmoil over your decision.
1: Absolutely. That
0: carried on for years, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's... No, it absolutely did. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's no light thing. And so I've thought of that over and over again. When I get scared or um uneasy about a decision and I need to be more brave, I literally I just picture you lying on the tile with nothing around you and I'm like, oh my God. Okay, if Dre can do that, I can do this. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> if she can and do that, I can so go I, live in Haiti
0: and talk to I the what? You was you oh, weren't what? Sorry? No, go
1: ahead. You weren't what? I, I wasn't ready to make that leap for such a long time though. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I, I did. I wanted the safety of the income and mm-hmm. the the big house and all my needs met because, you know, that felt, there was safety in that. Mm-hmm. It was familiar. It wasn't fulfilling, but it was safe. Right. And, and so, and it was familiar. And so I, I clung to that for a long time when I really shouldn't. But then you reach this point in life where you're just like, you know what? You can't put money no. on freedom, standing mm. in your truth. It's so freeing to stand in your truth. I know it sounds cliche, but it really is. Yeah. And when I finally decided to take that leap, I, you know, there was no looking back. It was just, it was what I needed to do at the time.
0: I would say that there it's an epidemic in America to live in safety and comfortability, right? hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yes, hundred percent.
0: So how do you reconcile your faith and what the Bible says about homosexuality and the reality that you're married to a woman
1: <laughs> right um right let's just jump right into that um so a lot like we covered before I, there was a lot of of praying, a lot of um you know trying to sort through my feelings my upbringing um you know what I had been taught as a child and I think that a very big part of, you know, who we are as people and what we carry with us comes down to what our parents taught us. Right. Cause we, sure. mm-hmm. we, until a certain age, we're just kind of like, uh, you know, little, we mimic what our parents say, mm-hmm. you know, if they say this is good or bad, that's what we feel about that too. And so until a certain age, um, I, I think that's the core of who we are how we were raised, what our parents, you know, taught us was good, bad, or in between. Um, and as I, you know, got older and kind of started thinking about things and praying about things, um, it really came down to me just feeling okay with who I am, mm-hmm. not just okay, but accepting of who I am and knowing that God accepts me as who I am too. But I mean, let's let's be honest, there's a lot of scripture in the Bible that, People are like, but wait, Drake, hold on. Right, okay, right. what about Genesis? Right. What about, you know, Leviticus? What about all of that? So um it is okay if I cover a little bit of that. Yeah, go time. for it. Okay. Okay, perfect. So um there's a lot of different ones we go over, but I'm probably just gonna do like Genesis and Leviticus and me, maybe a couple more, depending on how <laughs> how much I talk. Um, but so we all know the story in Genesis. Um, it's probably the most commonly referenced passage in the Bible that's used to to condemn homosexuality. Okay. So in Genesis 19, um, it talks about how God sends two angels disguised as men to the city of Sodom. Mm-hmm. And all the men in the city surround the house uh, that the angels are staying in, and they start shouting for them to come out so they can rape them. Mm. The angels blind the men, mm-hmm. and God destroys the city. Mm-hmm. So for a really long time, for centuries, actually, this story was interpreted as God's judgment on same-sex relations. Mm -hmm. But the only form of same-sex behavior described is a threatened gang rape. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously, there's no question. Gang rape is bad. It's a horrible, horrific act, but it has nothing to do with homosexuality. Mm So I, I feel like, and again, this is this is not for me to convince anyone else to change their views. This is just about me and my journey Mm -hmm. and, you know, what I've been able to decipher in God's word um, and, and applied to my life. But I really feel like the focus of the story has been misinterpreted. I, I feel like the focus should be on the hostility, the violence, the threatened rape that was happening and going on. So that's, that's a really often referenced, you know, this passage or story. And I, I don't feel like that is the the point or the moral of the story. I feel like it's talking about the violence mm. and the rape and the hostility and and there's another passage actually, um, another good scripture, Ezekiel sixteen, um, sixteen forty nine, and it kind of recaps the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and highlights what, what I feel like is the, the point of the story, the point behind the story and what we should be focusing on. And it says that this was a sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, unconcerned, and they did not help the poor and needy. Mm. Um, and I think that, that kind of drives home my feelings on it. It's, the story is not evidence of homosexuality being a sin. It's speaking against the violence, the overindulgence, and not being of service to those in need. Yeah. So that's, that's my, my feelings on kind of some of the scripture and how I apply it
0: to my life. Yeah. I know there's even, there's some, those are all Old Testament references. There's some New Testament references in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, homosexuality being it's unnatural, these unnatural tendencies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I remember you and I had a conversation way back in the beginning, um, a long mm-hmm. conversation about this. Cause I had a lot of questions just like we're, you know, discussing yeah. now, like, well, how do you make sense of this? How do you like, there's so many mm-hmm. verses in the Bible where it, It shows, like, no, that God created a man and a woman for a man and wife, Mm -hmm. Mm procreation, you know, and you brought up a good point. I can't remember where in the New Testament it is um, that it references condemning condemning homosexuality. But the story is actually, I believe it's with an adult man and a child boy, right? Do you remember this? Can you talk a little bit about that, refresh my memory on that?
1: Yes. It's, um, I believe it's in Romans. Mm -hmm. I would have to look it up, but I believe it's in Romans, but, um, in biblical times, same sex behavior was, was a lot of the times seen as happening between adult men and adolescent boys, which is, was kind of like a, a master servant kind of relationship, which is just scary all of its own. Um, but a lot of times that's how it was seen and, and spoken about or, um, via prostitution, and then also by men who are married to women. So uh, all of those scenarios are driven by lust and overindulgence. And in all those cases, we can we can obviously see why it would be viewed as sinful, excessive, lustful, and against God's law. Um, but what's interesting is that there's no mention—I think it was uh, Paul—there's no mention of love, commitment— faithfulness, um, you know, or any type of same-sex relationships and marriages that we see today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think that's important. Um, And, you know, Paul also said that men having long hair is unnatural and that women shouldn't speak in church. So, I mean, and that's, that's a New Testament. So there's a lot of things there that, you know, we can step back and take a look at um, and apply them to today's world. Mm -hmm. Um, But, sexual orientation, it didn't even really exist in ancient times. Um, so in, in that context that they're writing about is worlds apart from, you know, everyday gay community today, they're in committed, monogamous relationships. relationship. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the Bible never addresses the issue of sexual orientation or same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of that kind of combined is how I reconcile my faith and who I am and my wife and our children and the family that we're raising. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not here to convince anyone or change their mind. This is just what works for our family yeah. um, and what we, what we apply to our life. Yeah.
0: And you bring up a good point the the, um, for lack of a better word, the evolution of society in terms of we've got women preachers, On stages in churches, Mm -hmm. we've got women pastors, Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got women wearing jewelry, and uh, we did away with slavery. At one time, it was okay, Mm -hmm. um, according to Mm -hmm. society, and now it's not. And then it begs a question: Well, if God is the same today, tomorrow, forever, you know, how do you know how can we reconcile that? Does God change, or is it society that changes? And it's it's here's here's what I want to say: I don't think anybody can give a solid answer. One way or the other. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, what if you get to heaven, what if you get to heaven and you realize, uh, that you were wrong, that, um, mm-hmm. that you're, cause we've talked about this before. Is this just yeah. you trying to justify it? Justify what you want? Justify your attraction? Mm-hmm. Like all of you know all of that? Mm-hmm. Um, but what if you mm-hmm. do get to heaven and God says no? It 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 was a sin and it's a condemnable sin. Um, mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about that?
1: Um, you know, yeah, we have talked about this before because, uh, as you said, listen, you have not pulled any punches. You've been like, but Dre, how come this? Not like. There's been times of you, and I love it. I love that you like put me to task and like ask me to really think because I think when when we're challenged and when we're asked to explain things and we're kind of put on the spot to um, you know put our whole selves out there and really dig deep, that's when we grow the most, right? Mm -hmm. That's when we really just learn the most about ourselves and our convictions and and you know just kind of who we are. Um, But you know, if I get to those pearly gates and God's like listen, what I tried to tell you, you know, you did you you looked at this, you looked at that, and you know, you misunderstood me, and what I said was mm-hmm. this, you know, then that's that's gonna have to be a conversation between me and God. Absolutely. And I'm not so I'm not so pompous or arrogant or self-righteous to think, oh, I've got it all figured out. I know all the answers. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. Like yeah. so many of us. We make our decisions throughout our life we make those decisions to the best of our ability with the knowledge that we had at the time. You know, as life goes, we adjust those, those decisions as that knowledge grows, but I could be wrong. Um, but I don't feel like I am. Yeah. I feel like God did not create me a mistake. Yeah. God did not put this love in my heart for my wife. This beautiful love that I have for her did not put this in my heart and it'd be a mistake. And I don't think that I was destined to live a life of, you know, loneliness. Yeah. I used to think that, well, I'm I'm just going to have to be alone. I'm just going to have to be by myself. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to marry and, and raise a family, you know, with someone that I'm in love with. And I'll either have to, you know, fake it and pretend or just be alone. And I'm like, I I don't believe God would would ask that of me. I don't believe that's how he created me um, to just live a life of of loneliness. I think that he wants me to, you know, enjoy life and have love and fulfillment and make memories and, you know, raise our family and, and all the things that we're doing day in and day out and do it serving him. Yes.
0: And I can attest to that. I've seen the love between you guys and it is incredibly special. And it's beautiful and it's filled with faithfulness and loyalty and um, it's just, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to ask myself where I'm going to answer it as well for me. But so do you believe being gay is a sin?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Okay. Absolutely not. No. For me, if someone were to ask me that, my, my response would be, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. We'll, we'll see when we talk to our maker, like you said. And beyond that, mm-hmm. if it is, if it is a sin, it is no worse than gluttony, someone who is overweight, someone who lies, someone who cheats, adultery, um, someone who, you know, is unkind, unloving, someone who refuses to forgive. The many sins that we, Here's one of this is a total tangent, but the church elevates certain topics and sins, mm-hmm. um, and and discusses them and and elevates them, and kind of tends to shy away from the other ones. And in and at least the Bible that I'm reading, um, mm-hmm. the all God hates all sin. Again, if if we're talking about if this is sin, God hates it all. If right, mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. To me, someone who would cast judgment and say, "Dre, you're living a life of sin," um, well, then that person has to say the same thing to that very overweight
1: worship leader, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And, and, no, but, absolutely I, I totally
1: agree. With what and you're people, saying. Don't um, wanna, people don't want
0: to people don't want to talk about that. Talk about how there's a lot mm-hmm. of pastors who are overweight being horrible examples of um, a sin that that God says He hates—gluttony. And so, I guess my take on it is that God is the judge. I am not the judge. And if I mm-hmm. were the judge, it would not. We would not have the friendship that we have right now.
1: Oh, 100 percent, yes. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: And so, <laughs> um, I guess my my call to the listeners would be to to be okay with not being the judge, to be okay with living in the gray and not the black and white. We I love what you said, Drake. We don't have it all figured out. Who does? Everybody has their own interpretation of scripture and who's right and who's to say that that person is right. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So how does your mother feel about this? How did she take the news? How far has she come or not come in you know, loving you and embracing you or not embracing you? Where is she at with all of this?
1: Um, Well, she spent a lot of years thinking that it was just a phase. (laughs) And so she's finally finally moved past realizing it's not a phase. Mm -hmm. Um, And she adores my wife. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of to go with what you were saying um, before, um, she does think it's a sin, and and that, that is hard as a daughter, but everyone has their own feelings and their own opinions. I mean, she doesn't come up to me and say, I believe you're living a sinful life. I mean, clearly that, that would be an issue. But if you sat my mom down and said, you know, how do you feel about Dre and Mel and their marriage? And she'd be like, oh, I love them. I love Mel. She's the greatest. But if you're like, do you think it was a sin? At the end of the day, she's going to say yes. She's going to stick with her upbringing, stick with how she interprets the scriptures and the passages. Mm-hmm. and to her that that's her truth. Um and I've had to kind of um, you know, come to terms with that. and I, I can honestly say it doesn't bother me um. You know, do I wish that she didn't think it was a sin? Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That would be silly for me not to to have that desire for her to not believe that, you know, being gay is a sin. But everyone has their own opinions, their own truth, and, and their own convictions. Yeah. And they have to stand on those. And I have to honor that, you know. Um, she's allowing me to be who I am, to stand in my truth, to marry the woman that I love and to raise our children. And so I have to allow her to stand in her truth too. Um, doesn't mean we don't love each other. She's at my house all the time. Um, she adores my wife. So, you know, clearly that bridges the difference there, just the love that we have for each other. And the fact that she's very involved, um, with myself and my wife and our family and everything. Um, I know that there are a lot of, um, gay people out there that don't have, Um, that kind of connection and bond with their parent. Um, And there's just a differing of opinions and they aren't able to come together. So obviously that helps me be okay with her standing in her truth. But, you know, it doesn't uh, doesn't bother me. Um, We both are able to stand in our truth at the end of the day and love each other regardless Mm -hmm. of it.
0: And it took a while to
1: get there, correct? Yes, it took a very long while. Um, I have been out for... Oh, gosh, I should know this, right? Um, 12 12 years. Um, So the first several years, um, gosh, probably six, the first six years, um, there wasn't much communication between us. In fact, not just my mother, but other family, my brother didn't speak to me for seven years. That was a very long seven years. Um, But they've all kind of come full circle now. I have a fantastic relationship with all my siblings and with my mother. So, you know, you just have to be patient. You have to continue to love people as they, you know, kind of go through all of this. Um, You know, there's a lot of pain and emotion that comes with divorce. And, you know, my family, they loved my ex-husband. And so, you know, kind of seeing that division of family members was difficult on them. And then you add being gay on top of it. So it was kind of a double whammy for them. them. Um it, it took a lot of years, but we're, we're all in a really good place now.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing. And I think that's really important for someone who's listening, who is wherever they're at in their journey to remember that, you know, it's... A, it's not all roses. It, it, it's not usually all roses in the beginning. When you make such a tough decision, it's beautiful now. Um, but it, there was years of turmoil and pain. Oh,
1: very much so. Very much so. And, and it's hard, it's hard to, you know, continue to love people who are hurting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have been down that road so long and, You know, it comes a point where you're just like, well, maybe I just don't need them in my life. And, you know, that's every person's, you know, decision to make on their own. You know, if there's an individual in your life and they're just toxic to your life, sometimes you do have to draw that line. Um, But for me, I knew that they had been raised the same way I had, my brothers and sisters, and they were struggling with the same thing that I had struggled with. So I, I had spent years trying to come to terms with it. And love myself and be okay. So I had to allow them the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew internally how many years I needed to sort through it and push those feelings away and sort through it again and push it away. Mm -hmm. And so, springing it on them, you know, I I finally understood. It took me a few months to realize that. And therapy helped, um, quite honestly, The, the years of therapy. My therapist said to me, It took you years to sort this out and to be okay. Don't you think it's going to take them a little while too? Mm. And she was right. You know, it did. I I wasn't, I was hoping it wouldn't take them years, but it did, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, they eventually came around, but we have to allow those we love the time to kind of understand and adjust and, and the better days will come. They really, really will. We just got to stick in it. Keep showing love keep that door open. Don't close the door. Maybe you just crack it a little bit and that's okay, but just keep it open a little bit because it, it will get better and it does get better.
0: So So good. That's so gracious too. Thank you for sharing that. Um, if there's, if there's one thing you would want Christians to know about gay Christians, what would it be? What would you want to tell our listener?
1: Well, we're super fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally, totally. No. Listen, hold on. Tell a side note. Can you explain? Maybe we don't have to do this, but you're known as what's called a lipstick lesbian, right?
1: Oh, oh yeah. I was going to explain There's that. Differences. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I didn't know that, but you definitely educated me on like the first week of our friendship, <laughs> the differences, because here's the thing. If you guys meet, if you ever have the privilege of meeting my bestie in person, <laughs> you will be like, wait, what? She's gay. She does not look gay. She doesn't fit that typical stereotype, butch, you know, lesbian. So, real quickly,
1: just give us a, a rundown of the different types. No, that's so funny. So, I was going to bring this up earlier because they're going to be like, How did you not know you're gay? Don't you look gay? And <laughs> I, I assume people were probably thinking that. And I'm like, No, I do not wear flannel or like trucker hats or anything like that. Mm-hmm all my own people are going to kill me for saying that by the way but you everybody knows there is kind of the standard lesbian look yeah. where you can um you know kind of recognize someone when you're out and about and you're like oh there's a lesbian i don't i don't get that and honestly it's a little frustrating sometimes because i i want people to know that i'm a proud you know gay woman but i i don't fit the the look so you get hit on I'm by both considered you get hit on by both female that?
0: you get hit on by
1: men right you know, Yes. And I'm like, "Mm, no, that's really not happening. So, um, (laughs) but no, I'm, I'm considered uh, a lipstick lesbian. i am very feminine. I like getting my nails done. I like having, you know, false lashes. I, you know, all the, the hair, the makeup, the cute outfits, um, you know, the heels, all that kind of stuff. I love, love, love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's not you know, obvious or apparent, you know, from, from meeting me um, that I'm gay, which is, you know, kind of a crack up sometimes. Um, But there are so many different kinds of, of lesbians. Um, There uh, is, you know, the more butch lesbian that is, has a more um, masculine type Mm -hmm. um, carries herself in a more masculine way, might wear, um, you know, more male clothes. There's, um, you know, sporty lesbians Mm -hmm. who are just kind of athletic And that would be my wife, um, her Melissa, but she goes by Mel. Um, She's just tall, five ten, you know, has the athletic build, um, the tattoos, which who doesn't like tattoos, right? Um, And what what else am I leaving off? So lipstick lesbian, bush lesbian, sporty, athletic. I mean, there's so many, but those are just like the quick top few that that are important to me. Yeah.
0: So okay, so what is one thing you would want? Christians to know about gay Christians. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think maybe number one that that we exist mm-hmm. and gay Christians is not an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are out there and we're just living life, loving God, um, raising our families, and you know just just serving our Creator and putting one foot in front of the other, just like the rest of you, mm-hmm. and to maybe just open your arms a little bit to the idea and your hearts and your minds to it, because there are so many out there that need other Christians, other straight Christians to be allies and advocates and to reach out to them and make them feel seen and heard and, and not seen and heard in the way where it's like, Oh, you poor thing, I'm going to pray for you. I mean, pray for me. Yes. I love, I welcome prayers. I love yeah. the prayers. But not because you're praying for me because you think I'm living a horrible, sinful life. You know, uh, just lift me up in prayer because that's a beautiful thing to do for another human being. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, reach out to someone. Make them feel welcome, seen, heard. And I promise you it will open your mind and your heart in so many ways and allow you to serve on an even bigger platform than they ever thought
0: Yeah. So good. So good, friend. Oh, I love you so much. Yeah. You, I love you too. Thank you for sharing with us and for coming on and being vulnerable and, and sharing your truth. And I know we'll probably do more in the future because again, like I said in earlier, at the beginning of this podcast, this woman is filled with, with wisdom and has prayed some dynamic prayers over me when I've just been in literally the depths of despair <laughs> and has saved my life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you. Gay, straight, lesbian, butch, whatever. I'm just so grateful <laughs> God God created you and that you're on this earth. And you have so much to offer. And I just pray that so much blessing pours in. Um, because you give so much of yourself to everyone around you. I mean, you guys, this is what this is probably the best mother I know. I mean, she is like incredibly involved and nurturing and mama bear over her girls. An incredible wife. I mean, just so selfless. She's a two on the enneagram. For those of you who you know know enneagram language, which you you, you know how I feel about that. Twos are the best. I think they're the best number <laughs> out of all nine. Um, they're just they're just incredible. The two is a helper. And so she's just, she's blessed my life in so many ways. And I thank you friend for being on here. And um, is there any final, any final words,
1: thoughts? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I I really, really just, you know, when you first asked me to do this at first, I was like, Oh gosh, I tell my story and people, (laughs) people might not like to hear my story or they might have their own, uh, you know, thoughts and feelings on it, and it is, you know, being a bit vulnerable. Um, but then, like uh, two seconds of that, and I was so excited. I was like, yes, yeah, let's mm. do this. let's mm. let's, you know, put this out there and see if we can move some hearts and some minds. and mm. And if not, that's okay, too, right. because it all goes back to that night on the tile with the couch cushions living in my truth. And that's what it's all about to me, And that's what I want for every single person out there. And so, if this, this you know session does that for one Christian person out yes. there, helps them open their heart or mind, or if just one gay Christian out there hears this, just know that you are good. Mm-hmm. There are safe people who will build you up, raise you up, take you in and love you just as you are. You're good. Mm-hmm. Just hold on to that. Even in those moments of despair, when you're on the ground and you're on your knees and you're crying out, somebody is hearing you mm-hmm. you're good and I'm sending every single person out there so much love tonight thank you for having me friend oh. I'm so blessed to be in your world and just to be able to have opportunity to do this thank you I love you so much I love you too
0: thank you for sharing thank you guys for listening